0: The enemies of the prophet said, come, let us make instruction against. And in what way, shape, or form? So there are automatically being declared as the enemies, the sole divinity of what we're hearing and what we're, what we're interpreting in some way, shape, or form. So we know in the sense of transgression, right? But we're accountable for our own sins and inequities. And we've often found it. And then we've proven it that we are enemies to ourselves. I wonder if that divine thought and theory and concept is relevant when we think of the inequity being within. So if we are enemies to ourselves, but yet he lies within us in thought, word, and deed, where are we going with this message? Or where does this trail actually lead? Is the path lit with palm leaves and ashes? And 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 where does it lead up to? A sense of of resurrection, of salvation, of incarnation? He has risen, he has risen indeed, hallelujah. Or are we... Are we going a little bit negligent towards our, towards our own personal testament and devotion to the inequity that we can possess and lead within? Perish from the priests, counsel from the wise, come. And so what, what do we take to heart? When we hear something in the world, and my grandfather, Lord forgive me, he's no longer with me at this moment, he used to say, don't believe everything you hear. And I reference often seeing is believing. They use the physicals, not physicals, but they use physics. And it's says if you can't touch it, you can't see it, you can't move it, it doesn't exist. Yet, yet we don't want to give up on belief, faith, and hope. And we actually believe, right? We might not be capable of seeing it, but we're experiencing it daily. And it is something that we can find ourselves in. But taking it to heart, making it on a scroller, if you would etching it in stone with a hammer and a chisel, pink, 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 like, like we're, we're going somewhere with this and making it be devout to our own salvation or steadfastness steadfastness in the walk that we're perceiving shouldn't be at the cost and expense of others. But yet, in reality, we're not capable of being a the cost and expense because you're only making things worse on yourself. If you are robbing yourself of forgiveness, of the giver and the taker, of being redeemed, The confession, forgiveness, repentance of truly the enactment of rejoicing in every way, shape, and form that is a catalyst to you. Of course, you can have sanctions, you can have statues, you can have verbal releases with emotional attachment that truly include and encompass agony and sorrow and pain and suffering. And you can cause those entities to your fellow brothers and sisters of God's creation. But a mortal sense of reality is you're only making things worse on yourself. The eternal image in that mindset is that regardless of what decisions anybody else makes, you still stand firm on the decisions that you've made. So taking it near and dear and holding it near near and dear to your heart or making it something as a, as a GPS, it guides me, it leads me. It's a devotion. It's a set of commandments. It is the laws. It's eye for eye. It's biblical, right? It's the reason why I'm alive is relevant as long as it isn't at the expense of others. So you can listen to all these other individuals and food for thought sometimes can be enlightening. It embraces a sense of logic and reprehension to where we can truly start comprehending, excuse me, what is relevant to us. And why it was relevant to him. Interpretation cannot be the one size fits guide all. Because what does interpretation actually mean? And some call it the check and balance, the interpretation. It means this is how you perceived it. It's deception or perception. You've seen it. And how does it actually become reality when the wheels get put in motion, when the feet hit the floor, when they hit the ground, and how you actually are capable of having works and deeds within that labor. Well, I'm capable of utilizing this to my own better good. And in my case in Cerno, I might go back to him. Why, well, praise God, hallelujah, come, come into my heart, soul, mind. Give me thanks, redeem me, save me, deliver me in every way, shape, and form. But if it only gets something in its toxicity to where you drop that seed of conception, and I like conception, you think about the birth of it, right? Something new life, new growth, right? So I, I drop that seed and it's conception. I put a little water on it and it's starting new growth and and, and you're starting to grow, I'm waiting for that egg to hatch, and I'm waiting for you to to actually to give in that sense of conception. When does it become maturity and it becomes reality to where you're actually capable of walking within those guidelines? Infrastructure, statutes, and codes, beliefs, morale are practical in a sense of authority, discipline, and degree when you are capable of embracing them to the fullest. You could arguably say that there's a right side and there's a wrong side, or there's a left side and there's a righteous side, and I'm not sure that it's quite adequate, heaven and hell, right? But the score, the measure, the 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 defining aspect needs to be what you find to be relevant within the belief that you've conformed to. Because if you don't conform to that form of belief, it doesn't work for you automatically. So it's, it's completely irrelevant. So let it be relevant not only to you but to the walk that you have, the substance in so, heart, soul, and mind. Thought, word, and deed. When you walk within that life, when you embrace that life, when in every corner, every twist and turn and setback and failure, or sense of succession, I have succeeded, I have won, hallelujah, accept me, I am redeemed, yes, then you are capable of having that fulfillment. But in no way shaped up form should it be I'm well squared up, where I'm well-rounded. I've covered every topic on this, but how it's relevant to me. So I could be given handing you a biblical notion of belief, of hope, of faith. And it needs to be relevant to you. Well, your boundaries or limitations, your actual levels of competence, degree, and discipline are going to be way different than my favor and generosity for what he's given me. See, I was created to be a child of God, but so were you. But your gifts are relevant to you, but they're also relevant to him when you're capable of giving them back to him. So don't sideline yourself. Don't be sitting at the wayside, holding your thumb up, hitchhiking, waiting for somebody to pick you up. He's there for you. You need to be there for him. But it's about practicality. Utilizing these principles, these policies, these theories, the reason that's behind it, including the love, the emotional attachment, God is love, and making it reality. Well, I've chose to love you. Why? Because I love you. Uh, Excuse me, right? And that—that that is the mentality. We need to love. We need to love one another and we need to be capable of loving him. When the abrasive form of laceration of social assertion gets turned into an epiphany in life and you're turned upside down laying on the ground, you're being put in chains and shackles and you have nowhere to turn and God and Christ can't be found in anywhere in any way, shape, or form. Well, Lord, help me. I think that's when we're crying out for help and when we need help. So the greatest form the greatest policy, the greatest structure, the commandments themselves, the whole reason, the, the Eucharist, the doctrine, right every bit of it. The Testament itself, the devoted life and love is life, life is God, etc, is only practical when you are capable of utilizing it, implementing it, or utilizing it in good faith, deeds, and labor. You have to make it practical for within your own competence. And some of us think it different. We make it practical within our own limitations but you forgot about Christ. There are no limitations. So don't let the score, the measure be a comparison notion to somebody else because we can't compare ourselves to Christ. I mean, darn, he hung on the cross for us and he died for remission of our sins. I I really think I'm going to have a hard time competing with that one, right? I just don't think that I can quite get there. But if we take it to more of a literal standpoint and we attempt to put it where we want to, to put it in our heart, soul and mind, I'm taking it home with me. I'm putting it in a savings account, I'm putting it in a safe deposit box, I'm locking it up, I'm keeping this for eternity. Well, how long does love last, if you don't mind me asking? For eternity, when I make a commitment, he lies within me and I give that commitment back to him. Very good. So let us not fall short of our own expectations in a sense of inequity, of demoralizing who we believe in or why we believe what we believe in. Remember your ways of shining, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Remember the ways that he's given you your capabilities, your competence, your expertness, if you would, on how you can shine. And be capable of utilizing it daily. The right individuals will bring the best out of you. Well, arguably enough, you are the right individual for yourself, right? It's not a third person narrative that somebody's on the outside looking in, right? Knocking on the knocking on the shell of your skin like your hard shell, and they're like, hello looking for the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit. Are you in there somewhere? No, no, no. It's like truly within you a thought, theory, and reason, right? And heart, soul, and mind. Very good. Very good. So bring the best out of yourself. And when you get to the point where you have the best version of you, and you're embracing him, you're embracing the Trinity, and you don't sovereignly have any bondage to offer anybody else. Rather, what you have to give is blessing, is thankfulness, is gifts from above then you can get to that point to where you can unconditionally love and you can say, I love you. Like, literally, like, I love you. But how many of us feel that way about ourselves? And where does it start? Well, it starts with him, but he lies within us, so it also starts with us. And it can't go no further than that. Lord, forgive me. Let us bring charges against him. Let us not heed any of his words. And don't take it literal. Let us bring charges against him for our emotional attachment to the morale that we found to be ethically approved in a sense of substance, discipline, and degree, or based off of what options we actually have available in this world. Some of us are like, wake up reality. I walked, up, I, walked up into a, I walked up into a social scenario the other day, and I'm referencing God and eternity and how I'm in, storing my treasures there. I plan on making it to eternity. My commitments are for eternity. I'm taking it to that level, to that mindset. The way that I talk, the way that I represent myself, there is no alternative. Eternity is what I seek and what I find, and I'm going to heaven. And you know what the response that I heard was? On earth! Of course, heaven on earth. To make heaven on earth practical, it needs to be about the scripture, the doctrine. It needs to be about the transformation of the soul. I was once blind, but now I see. I was, I was naked and you clothed me. I was seeking shelter and you sheltered me. I was hungry. I was starving. You broke bread. You turned water into wine and you have fish and you fed multitudes of nations. Well, some of us were hungry for the truth, for the scripture beyond the doctrine, for the actual testament. Every aspect in this world only becomes practical when your level of discipline and degree is capable and competent. I walk within that light to hear about it, to think about it, to watch it. Here, let's watch a documentary on it. Ready? Go. Right. And we watch it and we're like, "Yay! that was cool. It's only relevant when you yourself can embrace it. So remove the limitations. Remove the labels. Remove the baggage and the boundaries. Now all of a sudden, I have forgiveness. I am redeemed. I am saved by the good grace of the Lord. The saving and redeeming, the healer, the creator himself. Oh my goodness, the great architect. Well, well, you should Build. Of course you should build. You should continue to build this life on earth by storing your treasures in heaven. There is no part of an equity that you should ever have to do without experiencing God's blessings on earth. Because that's not the score, the measure, the mark. And does it need to be right for you? Well, it can't be right for anybody else. Lord, forgive me. That's truly impossible. Give heed to me, Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. And what purpose and what reason? Because he's already won that battle. He's already won the war. I don't have a point to prove. He's already hung on the cross. For remission of my sins, I am forgiven. I am redeemed. You know, there's nothing worse in the world than having a point to prove with nobody to prove it to. So if your testament devoted walk of passion in this world, your belief is no more than a set of infrastructure and boundaries and limitations and the competence of whether or not you're being capable of being in a sense of confinement or being put in shackles and chains with some extreme emotional attachment to labels that are socially terminology uh, lashing in a sense of, ah, like that hurt. Everybody's sensitive. Then why are you doing what you're doing? So it needs to be right for you. But listen to what's going on with me. Because I put it back in your hands. I'm not carrying that baggage around with me. When I walk out the door, when I walk out the door, I do my very best. Whoever I was dealing with this morning say they were knocking on the wrong door. They were looking down and I was looking up. I gotta go. You're on your own. Right? But is that the truth? You're never alone. Hallelujah. You're still trying to find God. But you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. So listen to my adversaries and forget, think about the Lord's prayer. Forgive me of my trespassers. For they do not know that they have trespassed. Think about what you're saying. Think about the testament, the devotion, the implication. And truly, I'm going real back Osco, so who are you? And by the way, where did you come from? And what are you looking for? Well who are you? In this exact moment. And sometimes we need to question ourselves. We need to answer these questions. It's fill in the blank. Who are you? I'm a child of God. Amen. That's a good place to start. Well, where did you come from? I came from God. I am a child of God. I came from God. He created me in all my uniqueness in what I have going on. I am spiritually, physically, intimately, socially embraced. I am blessed. I am redeemed. He created me to be a a one-of-a-kind. But this one-of-a-kind is capable of taking out the royal flesh every day. It's got no limitations, multitudes, of nation. And its jurisdiction is for eternity. Sounds like you're all in. I mean, i am invested in heaven. By the way, where are you going? I seek eternity. I seek heaven to be seated at the right hand. Amen. So how many of us live that way? Not perceive it, not in theory, not in reason, not in population percentage, but I mean, I live that way. You know what? I'm going to heaven and I ain't going to let anything get in my way. I'm going to walk right out that door and I'm finding God today. He's out there somewhere. He's out there somewhere. I just got to keep looking for him. I got to find him and I got to bring him on into me. So come, come into my heart, soul mind. Be receptive to what I'm seeing, to what I'm hearing, to what I'm experiencing. And help enlighten me with knowledge, with wisdom, with a sense of passion and devotion of being capable of continuing thy father's work. Well, amen, hallelujah. Yet they have dug a pit for my life. They created a void. There is a need. There is a want. You cannot live in conformity to what they want you to believe. They have dug a pit for your life, but you stood in front of your creator, and you don't have nothing to worry about. You're very capable and competent. You're happy with the good race that you ran. You're trying to make it all the way to the end, to eternity. When they create their own voids, they don't need to be filled by you. When they create the sorrow, the agony... And that's all that they have to to offer? You don't need to draw that number. You don't want them to return that phone call. You're not trying to take them out on that date. That I love you got quickly got turned into. I talked to your parents. You have a very good day. I mean, I hope things work out for you. I mean, you're closing the door just as fast as you can, turning the key and Whoa! Driving away from that scenario. Whatever happened to that boy you like? I'm not sure. I guess he told me he had some sort of medical accident. He had to go and he had to go now. Make it a priority that you want God in your heart, soul, and mind. Make it a priority that you need to seek him and you need to find him today. You don't have time to waste. It ain't a boiling pot of water. I'm making tea real quick. I need to warm the water up. I can set it there. Let me wait till it gets boiling. And in my darkest hour of death, when I'm in my nearest and dearest need, then I'm going to grab that water and I'm going to mix it. I'm going to mix it with the powder I got. Then I'm going to put my bag of tea in there and I'm going to stir it up. Uh-uh, let your faith, your divinity, your devoted testament of, devotion and passion breathe within you each and every day in, in every way shape and form somebody doesn't like that somebody doesn't like that you got god in christ with you who's that person where'd you pick them up at it's not your problem they don't like that you got a passenger with you that's their problem they don't like that god christ the holy spirit is your enactment and it lies within you and it is for eternity above and beyond that's their problem don't ever let that void, that pit that they've dug, get turned into your obsessive form of life to where you have nowhere to go. I look left, I look right, and I look down, I look up. I just didn't have anywhere to go. Well, how come? Because he's always with us. So don't turn it into that mindset of being deluded in some way, shape, or form. Toxicity? Uh, uh, a hundred percent pure and thought and theory and reason and word and deed. And what I see and what I hear and what I speak because he gave me that blessing, not the inequity of the, of the, the inequity of the course that you've chosen. Well, your belief created this big void in life. You want me to resonate in it? You want me to stew in it? To, to marinate it? Put it in the fridge and let it sit overnight? I got eternity to worry about. You better watch out. I mean, I'm, you better watch out. I mean, I got places to go, things to do and people to see. Amen. So the reference, who are you? Who are you? Who do you want to be? And we all have high, high hopes, right? I want to be this extreme profession. I want to be capable of providing. I want to have the American dream. I want to have the two-story house. I want to have the white picket fence. I want two to three cars in the driveway. And I want the the animals and the children that go with it. Do you see the swing set in the back? In the back, they got climbing ropes. It's the sandbox. It's the big one. I mean, it was expensive. God treated me right. But our hopes and our wants and our dreams are a direct reflection of what he wants for us because he's within us in thought and theory. And they've heard it like that before. Well, don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. You know, I mean, you can dream God-sized dreams is the way they call it. What does God want for you? We always think along the lines of what do we want from God? How about what does God want from you? And some of us were so catalyst to the upheaving of it that what God wants for us, I'm not capable. I'm not competent. I'm not good enough. I'm not ever going to be good enough. I don't look right. I'm not going to ask her out on that date. He ain't going to save me. I'm not going to be one of the 10,000. I ain't got nowhere to go and it ain't going to work. Take in the favor. Take in the generosity and take in the blessing. I am redeemed. I am saved. Well, I'm just as qualified as you are. I'm a child of God and he's getting ready to deliver me. That's what's relevant and that's what's important. We shouldn't and shall not condemn the gifts that we are receiving from above. Think about who you are. Think about what you want or who you want to be, right? And prioritization. Think about where he exists within that mentality. Now make it practical. On another sheet of paper, write down how you're achieving it, how God is helping you, how he's embracing you, and how you're actually practicing what you're preaching or you're preaching what you're practicing. You'll find that every goal that you've ever wanted is well within everything that you're equipped with to be capable of achieving it. So don't sell yourself short. So don't go the long way around and make it like a detour of life when you're still trying to find eternity in heaven. Look, somebody don't like the life that you lead... Hallelujah, that's between them and God. Don't ever turn something that's between something else or somebody else that's between them and God into your number one priority or prerogative in the world of defining life itself. Look, we don't need to define God. We're not looking for acceptance. and He is now no longer pleased with his creation. God gave us a no. But I'll tell you the truth. He had his son, Jesus Christ, John 3, 16. And think about it. So he so beloved the world that he gave his only son. Think about it, right? And what did Christ tell us? Christ told us, yes, I am risen, I am risen Yes, you are forgiven. You are redeemed. You can start over. You can turn over a new leaf. You can go to a new school, find a new occupation. You can find a new family if you want. Need a new spouse? Uh, It's hard to replace your children. Sometimes a quick switch from the ditch, straighten them right on out. Turn your crooked way straight. I mean, I'm going to get you. But that's the mentality and that's the mindset. We need to be capable. We need to be practical in our own devotion. By the way, one of my very, very good friends, and I'm going to end on this. I don't think you have anything to worry about. And think about what I'm saying. I don't think you have anything to worry about because you're in control of your own life. And because Christ, he provided everything for us. To be capable of supporting us, and in my cases, I like to support others at the same time. So I support myself, and I support others, and I'm capable of providing. So I don't think you have anything to worry about. Make it literal and make it happen. Somebody comes at you, and all of a sudden, it's not something you want to hear. Turn to another cheek. Don't be afraid to walk away. And where is God within that scenario? Who are you? Where did you come from? And by the way, where are you going? And where are you going with this thought, with this theory, and with this reason? Have a very, de- very, very good day. God bless you.